Welcome to it, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Off the Dome. I am your host slash co-host, Matt Z, and this is my podcast. First things first, I just want to thank you guys for taking the time to tune in to this podcast, especially this episode. We have a very special guest. Um, her and I had been planning this podcast for the last few weeks and I was really looking forward to it and I'm super happy we were able to knock it out finally um, but essentially my guest today is Amanda and she has been involved in some of the recent protests down in the states more specifically um, North Carolina And she's been protesting down there for the reopening of their economy down there. Now, while personally, I do not support, um, not necessarily the economy opening. I am not, you know, definitely not smart enough to make that decision. Uh, I definitely think that the proper checks and balances should be in place for us to implement the economy and... Um, when it comes down to it, I do trust our government is making the right decision. Because uh, it, it, at the end of the day, it's a balancing act, you know. Um, I think up here in Alberta, we have done a far better job um, than expected in flattening the curve. And I think that's why a lot of the times these statistics are showing a very positive outcome, quote unquote positive, you know obviously the deaths are definitely not and just this whole pandemic is not a positive uh, but I think where we had originally thought we were going to be it's definitely a positive to where we are now and I think that just comes back to us Canadians have done a very good job at flattening that curve um, so but kind of back to my point though being that you know since we have done this very good job at flattening the curve it's allowed all this availability in the hospitals and the ICU units and the government knows that you know and I think now they're able to kind of now have a balancing act you know where okay it's open up the economy a bit knowing that the virus is going to start to spread a bit um, but they know that the hospitals can now handle that now do we know that you know, you never know. Sometimes we open up the economy a week later, it could spread like wildfire and now our hospitals can't handle it, right? But at the end of the day, that's a risk that we take. And that goes to the point of saying that, you know, our system, our society is run on the economy, you know? And I think that this pandemic shows how unstable and unwilling society is to change just because the economy is going down you know we were relying on the economy for so long now with this pandemic we we see how much we relied on the economy to really drive society forward where it comes from you know um, our ability to not save you know as a ideology um, from the western ideologies everybody buys 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 you know nobody is saving um and i think this is exposing that you know like you talk to people who are in great financial situations they're not necessarily complaining about this pandemic they they're taking it as a positive you know they're they're saving more money um like i know a teacher she's kind of happy that she is caught up in this pandemic because She's not going outside, you know, she's working from home. She's been able to do online teaching from home. She's getting paid still, you know, she, she's done a very good job saving her money and she's not spending any money. So she's like, well, like I'm doing my job still. I, I don't have to leave my home. So it's a lot more efficient now. Plus I'm able to save money. Um, I think a lot of this pandemic and worry comes from people who aren't necessarily in the best financial situations, whether that's from their current state, you know, students, you know, students definitely are having a hard time now not finding um, their summer work. And it comes just from people not having proper financial plans intact, you know, know the, they recommend up to three to six months 
of your income saved up before you start worrying and investing, etc., etc. And a lot of people aren't aware of that. I know that kind of goes back to the whole point of saying that, like, okay, well, you know, we should be teaching basic finance in junior high. You should start introduce, okay, what's a savings account? What's a checking account? You know, and then in high school, you can get more advanced, you know, get more to the, okay, we can start saving three to six months in this type of, you know, RSP, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, this podcast, though, is, it, it was amazing just to hear the different perspective from somebody with a completely different viewpoint as I do, you know. Um, I think a lot of it, from my perspective, after I had a chance to, you know, re-listen to this podcast, step back, and absorb the information. Not be part of the conversation, but just absorb the information that was presented during this talk. And I, I think a lot of it comes just, just to, wow, I cannot speak right now. I'm sorry, I have not had caffeine today, so my brain is not all, you know full cylinders like it usually is but anyways though it comes back to i think down in the usa just the distrust in the government you know they always think that there's a agenda a secondary agenda an underlying agenda that the government is trying to implement which is honestly a valid point you know you look at all the conspiracy theories surrounding the american government from you know, did Bush do 9-11? Um, what was the purpose of the Iraq war? You know, you look at MK Ultra, even. You know, there's they have a reason to distrust their government. And I think that's the sad reality. And then when you have somebody such as Donald Trump come to power, and, you know, you're an average citizen, and you hear somebody who speaks the truth. You know, Donald Trump is a straight fucking shooter. Say what you will about Donald Trump. He says what's on his mind. He says what the people want to hear. And, you know, it's... I I can understand how somebody can get behind somebody like that. Especially if they don't trust the government itself. You know, they finally have a spokesperson. And somebody that they can trust. Now, to kind of go back to this podcast, you know... Um, this was my first time talking to her. I think we talked for maybe 30 seconds before I hit record. Um, so it was it was definitely a challenging podcast, uh, if you want to say that. Mainly because, you know, anytime you talk about politics, it's so... You know, people are so easy to defend their ideology and put down another's ideology. And to Amanda's credit, you know, she did a fantastic job just having a conversation, having a discussion about politics, you know. I didn't feel that she insulted my beliefs. I hope she didn't feel like I insulted her beliefs. You know, it was just a great podcast um, in terms of just talking and understanding each other's perspective, you know. And at the end of the day, like, my whole goal of this podcast was... You know, you find the commonalities between each other. And then from there, you can explain your differences. Um, Because at the end of the day, we're all fucking humans. You know, we're all imperfect humans. And a lot of our ideologies and beliefs are distilled in us at a young age. You know, once you get older, it it is kind of hard to change your viewpoint on something. Now, yes, you still can. But... You're not going to change it if you don't have a reason why. Um, But I could talk about this podcast. I could, you know, discuss how important it is to understand and at least accept each other's uh, viewpoint. But I think this podcast does a good job of just explaining her viewpoint. And I hope you guys just have an open mind about her perspective i hope you guys have an open mind about my own perspective and at the end of the day i hope you guys can just listen to this podcast and enjoy listening to it you know there's a lot of dense material um and like i said it was definitely a hard podcast podcast every time you talk about politics it has the potential to arise to something dramatic um so But anyways, though, you know, I'll shut up like always. You know, this one thing 
this intro in for 10 minutes. I was hoping to get it done in two fucking minutes. Uh, I guess maybe I even need less caffeine in my life. Uh, but anyways, I'll shut up though so you guys can enjoy this podcast. So please enjoy this podcast with Amanda Pursuit. Thank you. Three, two, one, and we are live. Um, so first off, I just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, I know I kind of explained it very briefly over a text, um, but I guess the reason I really am wanting to have this conversation with you in this podcast is just kind of get your perspective on things, right? So I know you live in the USA. I'm from Canada. Like we are, I mean, probably the eyes to the rest of the world were probably very similar, almost the exact yeah. same type of people. Um, but I know just the way the government's handling things and how the people feel itself is completely different. So I just want to kind of get your perspective on the whole situation and kind of get an understanding of what's really happening um, down in the USA. Um, so I guess with that going forward, uh, so what are you, what is your main premise when it comes to your protests down in uh, North Carolina, correct? Uh-huh. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So I live in Charlotte, um, but I mean, there's protests in every major city mm-hmm. at this point. Um, well, I'm not an organizer, so it would, every protest has an organizer, so it would really depend on their purpose behind it yeah but for me personally um the reason that i um do that is i for a lot of reasons so i've been protesting for a few years just for various different causes and um Mm. i found that it's very effective um to get a message out uh you'll see like especially with these ones that we have going on now um with like reopen nc and i think every every place has to like reopen, like whatever. Um, The media is all over it. Yeah. So it's a great way to get your message. I mean, I did, I've done like three street interviews in the last month. Um, It's plus it's fun and it's, it's a cool way to meet people um, like, like like-minded people. No, for sure. Um, I guess there's just like the whole current situation. Um, so I know up in Canada here, we are getting just checks, you know, if you're not making under, I think it's under a thousand dollars, you're able to, you're eligible for $2,000 checkup here in Canada. Um, and I'm sure that USA is a very similar thing, right? It's called the stimulus package, if I believe correctly. Uh-huh. Yeah. And do you, how much yeah. is that? Uh, the one that I got was 1200. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, and I was talking to my buddy about that actually the other day where, um, we were talking about how $1,200 in the States is very similar to the amount $2,000 uh-huh. in Canada just because the dollar is so yeah. crappy up here. And I think just in terms of um, the cost of things down in the States, like personally, my parents actually have a place down in Arizona. So I go down there a lot. And even just going out for mm-hmm. groceries, I realized that the grocery bills, um, I don't say half the size, but are like noticeably cheaper, right? Is so, that because of the taxes are so high up there? <sighs> I'm not a hundred percent sure what the main reason is. I think the taxes are a little bit higher, so it would play a role. Um, Cause I know when you look at say like chewing tobacco in the States, it's like two, $3 for a tin up in Canada here. It's $30 for a tin, right? Cause you're paying, yeah, wow. <laughs> you're paying $25 extra. It goes, goes right to the government's pocket. Um, but yeah. So like, have you found that the stimulus package has been enough for you or no, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. what's what's your uh, <laughs> occupation uh i'm a supervisor of a staff um i work part-time in the school system mm-hmm. um it, I, so i run an enrichment program okay um it's a k-12 school that i work at um it's a charter school so we do like a monday to friday during the school year we do our enrichment program in the afternoon and then during the summer we have a summer camp mm-hmm. so i'm in charge of all of those programs oh wow so you do quite a bit then eh mm-hmm. yeah what's yeah. your uh, what's your reason for getting into that just you like helping out the children or um originally uh i got into working with kids last summer um i did an internship with the institute of reading development and that was a program that helped kids 
develop reading, writing, you know, comprehension skills. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of snowballed into this. So it was kind of just something um, convenient because I'm a full-time college student. Oh, wow. So I needed something that was really flexible with hours that I could do all my classes. And so it's been really convenient and it pays really well. So I just stick with it and I've come to love it. That's awesome. I know like yeah. that's the biggest thing being a student um, is just finding as much money as you can when you're in school. Right. And obviously during these times, it's because um, you would have been um, you would have been done for the semester, I'm assuming. By now. Um, what do you mean? Uh, so like your semester, so your, I guess it would have been your uh, winter semester would have been finished by now, right? And you'd be enjoying no, your So summer. I'm in my spring semester still. Oh, you're still in it. Yeah. So it's, but we're about to wrap up in like the next couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then would you just continue this job on through the summertime then? That was the plan originally. Um, I was going to run the summer camp. It was going to be my first time. I was really excited about it. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's going to happen now. Yeah, I know. And that's, it's a crappy thing. Cause it's like, I know for me, I had a whole bunch of trips planned. Like I wanted to go in New Zealand actually. And I guess it would have been right now. I was hoping to go in May. I was hoping to do a lot of road trips down to the USA. I wanted to go down to Arizona, California, maybe down to Texas as well too. But I mean, this whole coronavirus kind of I know, put that it's really on hold, sad. Which is I have a cousin. He goes to um, the University of South Carolina, mm-hmm. and he was doing. He was studying abroad in Australia, and he he had only been there for maybe a month when this all started happening, and he had to come home. And it was oh, like no. really, it was just really sad. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing. There's nothing good that's coming of this. No, it's terrible. And the one thing that I found where it's just it's so hard to figure out what to do exactly. Right. Um, Cause I know like you look at Sweden and they kept their laws pretty lax. Right. And I mean, it, it wasn't shut down at all. Yeah. Like I think the only thing they said was that some people 70 plus and over should stay home. And it was like yeah. 50 people max in their um, buildings. And I think they had relatively similar numbers to, I want to say Norway and Finland, I think. They Don't kept their schools that. open. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird though. And then, and then you look at like say New Zealand and they shut everything down. Like they were one of the first ones to say, all right, we're not, sorry. uh, We're not doing anything. Like everything stays home. And they like, I think their problems relatively solved now. Right. And their death rate was low. Um, And it's just so weird because I know up where I'm from Alberta, which is like directly North of Montana, we were pretty, I think March 16th is when the gym started to close and then maybe it was about a week or two after that when we kind of started to get the coronavirus. And even when you look at us, like our numbers, I think it was 6,000 cases up in Alberta. And now we're at a point where we're just like, okay, well, I think we just broke 100 deaths a few days ago. So we're like, okay, well, do we open up again now or what, right? Because I think the biggest thing with this virus is that, you know, you could be a carrier of it and you don't know that, right? Which is the scary part but it's a risk. Yeah, it is highly infectious, Um, Mm -hmm. but the death rate is so low. And I mean, kids are virtually unaffected. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of people are mild flu symptoms Mm -hmm. and they're fine. Um, So as of today in the United States, we've had 1.3 million cases Mm -hmm. and out of that 77,200 deaths. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem that we're seeing is Deaths are being recorded as COVID deaths just because the person had COVID when they died. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm not seeing a lot of people talking about this. Um, I actually, um, I heard it on the, um, do you watch uh, the listen to the Joe Rogan podcast? I don't. <laughs> okay, he actually um he had Elon Musk on there. I think it was yesterday. I did see that. Yeah. I yeah, and they actually that. talked about, and and that's something I never knew about, right? And then once he said that, I was like, oh, like crap, is that actually something that's happening? Like we're like um so, and you're saying it is, right? Well, the issue is, it's mostly elderly people, and mm-hmm. they have comorbidities, so we're seeing people who have all of these health conditions, they wouldn't have made it if they got the flu. Mm -hmm. Um, And with this being more infectious than the flu, it's easy to just say, well, you know, this 
senior citizen caught COVID, oh, it's a COVID death. That person was going to die anyways. If they mm-hmm. got, you know, I have a grandfather. He's very, very sick. He has a lot of health conditions. Um, it's really bad. He's got cancer, all kinds of things. And um, if he got it, he would not survive. But his cause of death would not be COVID. It would be he was in bad condition, comorbidities. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, for so sure. It would kill him just the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's just that final knock that kind of kicked them out. Right. Um, I know my one, my one buddy, actually, his dad had heart surgery, open heart surgery. I think it was probably six months to a year ago now. And he's on anti immune pills or whatever they're called. I don't know exactly what they're called, but like for somebody in his situation, he should definitely be staying inside because he's a high risk. Right. And I know for myself, um, say I was living on my own, I wasn't living with my parents still right now, I would probably be, be a lot more, all right, whatever. If I get it, I might be sick for a few days. You know, there might be a low chance I get because I'm an athlete. Like I go for runs, like I'm relatively healthy. So like if it's going to kill me, it's, it's almost worth the risk in a way. Um, but since I do live with my parents, I am like associating with older people. I've kind of tried to like just maintain my distance and you know, maybe just hang out with like a friend or two during this time. But I guess like the big picture is, you know, there's no work for you guys to do right now. Right. And right. that's, and that's the crappy part where it's, you know, and I know in your situation as a student, like you're trying to get as much money as you can as possible. Right. And you're really unable to do that right now. Yeah. Um, that that's what's really confusing about it is because generally I'm tend to be very against uh, welfare programs or government assistance or handouts of any kind. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just, you would consider yourself pretty um, on the conser- conservative side more so on the political spectrum then. Yes. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You would like lower taxes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, lately I've been leaning more towards taxation is theft mm-hmm. sort of mentality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we all did. I was actually watching a video the other day where they're talking about how over the course of a 40 year career, you're losing, I don't want to, I think it was like $800,000 or 1.3 million, something in that ball range where you just, and it's like, you're given eight years of your life to the government for taxes, which is. I mean, when you look at it that way, it's kind of criminal, right? Yeah, and that, and that's it's it's an important thing in this time because as this whole hysteria is being created around this Wuhan, we see the socialists coming out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. Um, AOC comes to mind, Sanders, um, people like that who have been trying to tax the rich mm-hmm. um, for their entire careers but then you come to find out you make a hundred thousand and you're you're in that rich category mm-hmm. um so i mean i know i heard the other day um uh, i'm not a big fan of aoc i, I can't stand her what um, did uh sorry who was that alexandria ocasio-cortez who is that <laughs> um she's a member of congress okay fair in the states okay uh, She's a darling of the Democrat Party, mm. um, but she's has a huge base here, um, and she's been calling, you know, for people to not go back to work. Uh, they want to give out, you know, universal ba- basic income, free housing, you know, all of this kind of stuff, and they're using this as a way to push that. Now they're saying you don't want to go back to work, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and she said something the other day, like to the effect of, you know, only in America. When the president says, you know, go back to normal, are we going back? Does that mean going back to work or, you know, like she doesn't understand why we want to go back to work. Yeah, no, for sure. That's a common theme these days. And that's why, you know, this whole shutdown is just, it's a hoax. It's just a distraction from the impeachment, from the Mueller investigation, Mm -hmm. um, that's what's going on over here while they're distracting us with this they're sending roger stone to prison they're trying to get michael flynn on a, a perjury trap mm-hmm. 
it's a distraction. Mm-hmm. It's all political. As sad as that is, it's just how can we distract the people, you know, make them poor, make them poverty stricken, make them desperate enough to vote us back into power. Um, and that, that's my take on it. How in terms of like when you just look at democracy and like the freedom to vote, et cetera, and, you know, you always have these elections every four years, you don't really see these people in power doing what's best for the country. You see them doing what's best to get reelected. Um, like I know Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada, there was a huge controversy that surrounded um, some con- um, company out in Quebec. And he, I forget exactly what happened. Don't quote me on this, but I think he was allowing the corporation to do some like dirty work and he knew about it um, and they didn't do anything about it. And his excuse was, oh, we just did it. So those you know, 500 people wouldn't lose their jobs due to this company um, doing this dirty work with another country. I think it was Russia or something like that. Don't quote me on that. I might be completely messing up why that um, company was whatever they were doing. But I just remember that he gave the excuse. He's like, oh, I just, I don't want these people to lose their jobs. But it's like, you know, he's only really saying that to keep the people in Quebec happy and those people happy. Yeah, I wouldn't trust a word he says. Mm-hmm. If yeah. I were you. No, for sure. What do you, what do you think of Justin Trudeau? Uh, nothing good. <laughs> <laughs> what about his hair? Um, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I always think of him as kind of like a lesbian. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, <laughs> because of all like the the scandals that kind of surround him and how he's always for the peoples per se. And then he's off spending millions of dollars of our government's money, right? Laptop just froze and I had to turn it off and turn it back on. Oh, don't worry. It's happened to me before on this app. It's my, my Wi-Fi has just been terrible lately. That's one thing I've noticed. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I need it to work. Yeah. Okay, I think we're good. I hope so. I hope so. Um, so I guess I was, I was just about to ask you, like, um, what are your uh, views about uh, Donald Trump? Oh, my God. What a polite thing to ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a very general question. Um, how do you think he has handled this situation from a economic standpoint? Cause I know, I know at the end of the day, like when you do think of a presidency, it's a very, or even just like prime minister or any type of um, official in power. It's a stupid position when you think about it, just to have one person quote unquote run the whole country. Right. Um, Cause I, I like for my belief is that a lot of the time they're, I don't want to say puppets, but they're kind of just the spokesperson of what really happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's designed that way. Um, here, I don't know a lot about the system, how the, how the government is run in your country, but here, you know, you have the electoral college, you know, it's not one person mm-hmm. running anything. I mean, it's, a, it's many, many professionals advising that person and you know I think he's he picked up a thousand dollar bill on the ground um no Republican has been willing to do the things that he's done or say the things that he's said for so long um and to answer your question this situation I think has been handled by the Trump administration in the best possible way. I can't think of anything that I would have done um, differently or sooner or better. Um, That's what I would say about this situation. Uh, The only thing I would say is I don't think the businesses and schools should have shut down to begin with. Um, I think that the, the pressure of of Congress and the Democrat Party have really had a, more of an effect on the decisions that this president has made uh, than we really thought. You know, we thought we were going to get a wall. I don't see a wall. Um, that was the biggest promise 
that was what he, he got elected for, um, to stop this mass migration. And it's not happening. Um, so I would say there are many things that I would criticize him for, but handling how he handled the situation is not one of them. No, fair enough. You know, I know, I think just in any situation that's so radical as this virus was, like, it's it's hard to say if he made the right decision or not, especially right away. Like, we won't really know if anybody's made the right decision for, like, another few years probably, right? Because um, I know a lot of experts are saying that the economy is going to take, I think, at least up in Canada here, they said it might take up to two years for it to get back to um, full steam, right? Uh, what are they kind of saying about the economy now in the USA? Like, I know they're just about to start opening shops. Yeah, so um, here it's more um, the governors get to decide what happens with their state. Uh, so I know, like, in California, there nothing's going on there anytime soon. They're, they're going full-fledged, full-force ahead with this thing. Um, here, we're not having that. I'm on the East Coast, yeah. on the other end of the country. So we actually care about working and care about uh, our, our workers here. So um, it's, it's just, it can't last for much longer. And, I, and people, are, people are out, people are out and they're spending money and they, they're ready. Like we're, we're, we're just waiting. And here in North Carolina, businesses are said to open I think next week and we're, we're doing phase one or whatever. Yeah. Um, but as far as the economy, I mean, it's trashed. It, this is comparable to like Obama era mm -hmm. economy for us. And that's really bad. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, it was repaired once. It only took a few years. I mean, I think with another four years of the Trump administration, I think we'll be okay. Mm -hmm. uh um, I'm assuming then you are, I don't say you're going to vote for Trump, but you are uh, assuming he's going to be in power or like, what do you think the next four years? Like, do you think he's going to be reelected? Well, I can't imagine the people being desperate enough to elect Biden. So uh, yeah, I think that's how it's looking. Uh, yeah. And I think if, if Americans have any sense, then they will make sure that we have another four years and you know uh yeah i there's no other way that's mm -hmm. how it is it's yeah. kind of like accepted america that's what's happening mm -hmm. no i know what you mean. I know, belongs to this man mm -hmm. yeah like i know like for me like my viewpoints are more i was like left wing right you know like east canada we are more left wing especially now with the liberals in power oh, yes even though they're not like actual liberals they're more still on the conservative side but um i know like for me i like if it was me on the um democrats i would have personally put bernie sanders um now the thing is i don't know the whole picture right? like i'm not american i don't know what's led up to that point i just hear what's at the point right now right so just like my opinion i would say bernie sanders was a far superior candidate than joe biden you know, I know I see like Joe Biden, he doesn't like you see videos of him. He, he can't even speak right now. And then once I saw that, I kind of thought, OK, well, like, is the Democratic Party trying to win this next election? Isn't it, isn't it glorious? Like, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> watching him speak is going to be the bane of the Democrats existence mm -hmm. just forever now. Um, I think they're desperate. You know, you know, as far as Bernie Sanders goes, uh, he's. A career communist. Um, I think Biden, uh, at least Biden doesn't know, he doesn't know any better. Bernie Sanders is fully aware of the um, atrocities that, that his policies and ideology would have put upon this nation, but I think Biden uh, they're propping up this this old confused man you know it's not right what they're doing no i agree with that and it's like if the like from my viewpoint if the democrats actually wanted to stand a chance against trump like i think their best choice would have been donald trump right i think their last choice would have been joe biden because 
you know, what is Donald Trump really good at? He's good at public talking and standing up there and then just going on rants for, you know, he's three hours. Right? Message and he knows what the people mm-hmm. want. He, he does, he doesn't, you know, what's funny is because all of these leftists, they say that they're for the people and they're against the elite. No, they're not because, you know, this man gave up his salary. He's working for free. He, he, you know, it's one thing to say, well, here, here are all of these issues that the people care about, because I think Republicans and Democrats would agree on most of the problems and what they are, but, you know, how to solve them is something different, you know, entirely different than that. And I think we finally have a guy that has real solutions, um, in the era of political correctness, you know, you can't say things. You can't say that, um, well, you can't say anything anymore. Yeah. And, um, yeah. You know, no. he, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He says what he thinks. And I think that's working in his favor. No, I actually agree with you. Like, personally, for me, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of Donald Trump. I think he has brought both positives and negatives to the USA. Um, I know if he was the leader of Canada, it would not go down well. But him being the leader of the USA seems to actually be working out very well. Um, but I just think, I, don't know, I guess um, with him, it's just he's just another citizen. And I think that's something you guys can relate to, yeah. with, right? Um, I know Definitely. it's like every other politician, um, like you look at Hillary Clinton. Like for me, I don't like Hillary Clinton because I think she's just the definition of another talking puppet. You know, if she would to get in power, it'd just be the same shit that like um, with like Bush um, and like few other former presidents as well too, where it's just, there's so much corruption there. But I think with like Donald Trump, like, like you said, he's just like a straight shooter almost. Like he just says what everybody else wants to be said and he says it and everybody's like well that's our leader like that's kind of what i believe right yeah and that's what's that's what's so frustrating you know um within the last year it's like we've seen him come in and be this blowhard and really make all these promises and for the most part they've been kept um, like I said, I would like to really see the moratorium on immigration. Um, we need the wall. Frankly, I think he's just using the wall as to get reelected again, um, which is unacceptable. And, you know, I, I think he's really lightened up. And, um, you know, these Democrats are working night and day to, to get their power back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they want votes. And, you know, I see all uh, online all the time. I'm constantly seeing these ads. Every vote counts, even undocumented. And I'm going, literally, no. Mm-hmm. Literally, no. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a constant machine of, of propaganda. And you just don't know who to trust anymore. But, you know, here comes this guy. Like I said, he picks up the, the money off the ground. No one wants it. I'll take it. And that's been the Republican Party. I mean, it's been nothing but these just spineless, like you said, puppets. And I think we have something different now. And um, I like the idea of making it great again. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. Like, I know up in Alberta here, we had a very... I think the conservative party that we had in power in Alberta was, I want to say 50 or 60 years straight. Right. So it got to a point where they just got used to it and they just assumed they're going to get reelected and they assumed and assumed. So they kind of, it got to a point where they were just spending so much money and not even to put into the economy. They were spending money on government checks. So they're going out to dinners. They were buying all this stuff with taxpayer dollars where it's like, Kaylee, you should buy that with your own money. Right. Um, now we took the opposite direction instead of going more right wing, we went left wing. Um, and we did that for four years. But the irony of that is that everybody who voted for the NDP, the new democratic party, um, which is left wing after we elected them, it switched to, okay, how do we get them out now? Because all we needed to do was just kind of reset the system. And at first I thought that's what 
Donald Trump was going to do was just kind of reset the system. Like, honestly, when he was going into power, I had low expectations of what was actually going to happen. And then you kind of see after all these years, we're just like, oh, okay, the economy's actually booming right now. Now, obviously, you can kind of get in the discussion where, okay, was it growing too fast? Like, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, he was giving people their jobs and he was growing the economy. And I think that's in the USA, in the capitalist market, that's as long as people are making money, I think everybody's pretty happy. Like, would you agree with that down in the USA? I would say that's a big part of it. Um, another big issue right now we see is government overreach, uh, regulation on things like firearms, um, a lot of overreach and it's not checked. And that's another big issue. You know, it's a hot button issues mm -hmm. that are not being looked after because, well, we have a, a pandemic on our hands, but I don't know about that. I think it's uh, mostly um, fake. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Um, I, I kind of want to go back to your protests because I know I was, I was looking on your Instagram the other day and I saw a lot of older folks at these protests. Um, like, have you talked to them? Like, what do they think about this whole situation? Because I know they are like kind of like the primary um, victim of this pandemic, right? Well, I mean, there's older folks and, and then there's the elderly. Mm -hmm. um, those are different. Um, as far as the elderly, not really. Okay. Older, I mean, most of the people I associate with are older than me. So, I mean, if, if you consider, I don't know, 45 to be older, then sure. Mm -hmm. um, but they're, I mean, they're more concerned with feeding their families. Yeah. That's why they're there. I'm not going to speak on anyone else's behalf, but um, from what I've seen and from the folks that I've talked to, these are not the kind of people that have a steady flow of income just falling out of the sky from the government. Mm -hmm. um, you know, these are people that understand what it takes to you know, there's no such thing as government money. Yeah, and they're hardworking so citizens and they well, and it's, learn it's to make offensive it on their own. for someone to throw, you know, a little $1,200 at you and just say, shut up, you're being selfish. Mm -hmm. that's, that's been the most, the, the most frustrating thing. Um, the few hecklers that we've seen, at, that I've seen at, at protests, um, that they say you're, you're selfish. Just stay home. And meanwhile, they're out and about, but they've got their little, their little gloves on and their little masks. Yeah. So they're better people than us. Mm -hmm. Oh no, it's it's hysterical. I'm walking down the street. It's beautiful outside, and I see people driving by with gloves and masks in their cars. Their windows are rolled up. Yeah, I've seen that as well too. I question it. <laughs> it's like nothing's going on up here. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's what's happening. I mean. Uh, it's funny because with the rise of, you know, Antifa and all of these sort of anarchist, you know, terrorist organizations that we have here, I don't know if you have the same kind of thing going on over there, but yeah. with that, we've seen those same people so desperate to obey. That's what's interesting to me is you were so against you know, the man yesterday, but today you've got your little mask on. It's just like, it's precious. <laughs> yeah. With, with the government check in their back pocket as well too. Right. Right. And I think at the end of the day, like, I think a lot of it does just come down to the community that's your, you uh, live in their ideology. Cause I know like for me, um, like I got that paycheck and I was like, all right, like they keep paying me to stay inside. I'll just stay inside. Right. But that kind of goes back to, like an American ideology is really like, okay, I'm a hard worker. I want to get it on my own. Right. Like I don't need, like I'll help from my community, but I don't need help from the man. Well, no. And I think it's more than just, uh, an American way of life. I think it's human nature. Oh, for I mean, sure. Job. Mm -hmm. You take away a huge 
purpose from them mm-hmm. and you say you can't work i mean that's that's such a violation mm-hmm. of the most basic human and american right um you know and i just saw yesterday something about gavin newsom he's the governor of california he said uh can't go to beaches close all the public beaches keyword public beaches mm-hmm. No, nope, I guess they're not public anymore. They're state beaches now. No, they're not. They're, they're taxpayer-funded beaches, but you can't go to them. And it's, it's actually mind-numbing how illogical some of this stuff is. You can go into a crowded supermarket, Target. You can go to Target. You can't go out to the park. Um, they're letting criminals out to the streets, but they're arresting families for being at the park and the beach. It's, it is so nonsensical that I think, I think it's a desperation, you know, it's just, and then, like I said, I think it's largely political. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and that's one thing. Like, when I was listening to like a few, like uh, when Elon Musk that podcast, and he said, you know, I think it should be your right to go out and have your business open or to go out to the beach, and it's like he makes a very valid point. Um, myself, like, say I was down in California or wherever be- uh, the beaches are, and they said, "Okay, beaches are open." I wouldn't go, but at the same time, it's okay. Like, if you are willing to risk getting the virus and then potentially spreading it to your loved ones, like go for it. But it's not even just a risk. That's the Mm. thing. It is imperative that we get out and be within our communities, Yes. not the elderly, Mm. aside from the elderly and aside from those with compromised immune systems, Mm -hmm. you cannot build up your immune system. If you're not out and about and, and touching things that other people have touched and shaking their hands and, so it's actually counterproductive to stay inside and sanitize everything and, and just live in a sterile environment. And then you go outside and you get sick because you breathe the air. That's not what happens, mm-hmm. but it is when you live, live this way. This is not how we should be living. No, I agree with that completely. I know even just for me, like, um, so when it started, there was still snow on the ground where I am. Um, and like when there's snow on the ground and it's crappy weather outside, you're kind of just, all right, whatever. I was going to be inside anyways all day. I'll take my paycheck. But like once it started to get nice outside, now I'm just like, like fuck, like I want to go outside. Like I want to go play basketball outside. Like I want to go do something. Um, and one of like the best things that's happened to our, our um, country in the last week is that we started opening up golf courses. And I work at part-time at a golf course in between uh, semesters actually from school and it's it's so nice because I got out there and I worked a bit and just getting the fresh air and being out there for eight hours a day, you know, getting my steps in. Like, I just feel so much better. And I think that's something that a lot of people are neglecting is their mental health during this, you know. They're just inside, you know, in a dark room, watching TV all the time, doing nothing productive. And then eventually they kind of get stuck in that rut. And I think that's just something that's not talked about because, like, a lot of people talk about, oh, I need to make money. But like, for me, my biggest thing was just my mental health, right? Like just being trapped inside all the time, especially coming off the winter. And the best, first thing I want to do is get outside. Right. But like, all I can do is go for a walk and that's about it. And it's a, it's a shitty thing. Oh, I've been dying to go shooting and, you know, I live in the city. So if I want to go shooting, it's like, I don't have property. So I mm-hmm. go to the range. They're all closed. I mean... It's a pain. I mean, as, as much of a tragedy as it is, it's also annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, are you guys like, um, what essential services are still open in North Carolina? Uh, well, apparently, um, obviously anything to do with healthcare, mm-hmm. uh, anywhere that serves food, I believe. Um, but the bars it'd be are like, not- It'd be like delivery though, right? For the food? Or pickup. Pickup as well places. too. Okay, yeah. that yeah, that's what we do as well too. We kind of have a balance of both. Um, 
I kind of want to go back to that one picture that you shared with me. Uh, what was, I know your belief or not belief, but um, your picture was like the Nazi sympathizer. Don't believe the government. I forget. What was the exact quote on that sign again? Stay home orders come from Nazi sympathizers. sympathizers. Okay. Yeah. And so I guess like your belief behind that was just, cause I know like the whole Nazis is a very weird ideology where it's like, they love freedom but they also love control at the same time, right? So um, the reason that I choose to mm. use that word is because um, liberals love to call people Nazis. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. um, I think it has to do with the education system here in America is terrible. Um, we don't learn anything about world history, World War II. We don't know anything about. Um, really? national yeah wow. so as far as um as far as nazism goes it's basically synonymous here with white supremacists mm -hmm. it's not accurate at all but that's what it's come to be synonymous with so i like to use that word um to turn it back like giving mm -hmm. them a taste of their own medicine right okay, yeah, yeah i love to do that um so by saying you know my government forcing me to stay home is a form of oppression, right? It's taking my human rights away from me. It's unconstitutional. Um, it's exactly what Hitler did right before the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you make these draconian just, just rules for people and it's no longer, a, it's chipping away at our freedom. That's why I, why I use that terminology. I also like to say that gun rights are women's rights. Uh, I'm a big anti-feminist. Um, don't support feminism at all. Why is so, that? Um, I disagree with what it stands for, um, which is, is kind of a whole other, it's a whole conversation there, but I like to say that gun rights are women's rights because mm -hmm. then are, are they going to argue? They can't argue with that. Well, aren't you for women's rights? You know, liberals mm -hmm. love to go on and on about women's marches and their pussy hats and all this and that. Well, you know, if you support women's rights, then you should support my right to have a firearm by myself. So mm -hmm. I like to use the same terminology, but like oh. act, use it accurately. Yeah, no, for sure. I think like, I think that's a good point you made where it's, if I'm not hurting anybody or I'm not affecting anybody, like why are you taking this away from me? Um, I know like guns are a very, very controversial subject down in the States. Um, I know up in Canada here, we actually just banned all military. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, somebody who wasn't raised on guns, when I heard that news, my first thought was, Oh, I honestly thought they already banned. Right. Um, but for somebody like my, one of my best friends, like he's, um, he got out of the military a year ago, actually. He served four years in the Canadian military. And I know he was mad. Um, but that kind of goes back to the whole point of, like, my, the ideology, right? Where it's people who are born um, into the whole, I don't say guns, but they're raised around guns. They kind of value that more than somebody like me who I didn't shoot a gun until I was, like, 12 years old just because it was something that we never did up here in Canada, right? Just because... I was off doing other things. I was playing sports. Like it was just something I really wasn't interested in. But hunting is a big thing in Canada, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. I don't hunt personally. Um, like I said, like, I, I've never found the time to do it. I but never the found. culture is, is, is there, right? Like it's a big part of it, Canadian yeah, culture. It's a big, yeah, it's a big um, culture. Um, I know like when Justin Trudeau banned them, he said, you don't need a assault rifle to kill a deer, which is valid point. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you I know, don't know that I would say, call that valid, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. You know, different ideologies, right? And I'm sure like if I was in your shoes, I would be saying the exact. Well, it's, it's an ideology. And it's also, you know, you have to understand that being an American, we have the, we have the American constitution. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So that specifically gives us the right. Mm -hmm. Is it the second amendment? I think. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. To bear arms. So, yeah. um, and I, I'm not familiar with the Canadian constitution. Do you even have a constitution? It's the charter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Charter of freedom of rights or something along that. We learned it in grade eight social class and I haven't really paid attention to it. Um, but I kind of want to go look into that. 
Pardon me? <laughs> Sounds like a good thing that you might need to know. So, uh, it's like um, in the USA, I know it's a huge thing, like the Constitution. Up in Canada, it's not such a big deal as much as it is in the States, right? Just because up in Canada, everybody just kind of lives their life, right? Like I know there's a lot of government controversy in the States and there's a lot of different ideologies in the States. In Canada, it's all, everybody kind of has a relatively similar um, viewpoint on things. So it's never really brought up in, in controversy or debates, if you kind of understand what I mean. Yeah, like it's not, mm. there isn't as much of um, difference in terms of ideology. But, you know, that's interesting because my whole life I've been taught about diversity, mm -hmm. diversity and how it's such a, a strength. And um, now look where we are. There's no nuclear, there's no uh, American. It's all just a big, muddy, multicultural just there's no sense of what it is to be American anymore because we, we're the melting pot you know we've had all of these migrants just dumped on us for decades and it changes the demographic and then we end up how we are now you know um, we have government officials who are pushing these third world ideologies and policies on us um, and so it makes us have to have these conversations. Whereas 50 years ago, children could have firearms and no one would bat an eye, mm -hmm. truly. Mm -hmm. And now we're, we're, we're so scared of them um, because we're told, you know, the government needs to have all the weapons. You know, um, all of these very outdated ideas, um, and it comes... Truly, I believe it comes from the whole diversity parade. Um, one thing I was listening to um, a few days ago about New Zealand, um, and they're talking about how their people trust the government. And that kind of got me thinking where I was like, okay, I don't think the, like, do, do you think the American people, like, they don't really trust their government, right? Or like, how, how would you say for the most part, I would say the trust, um, statistically speaking, I know that trust in the government has declined mm -hmm. steadily over the past several decades. So technically speaking, uh, no, compared to in the past. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. Um, I also saw that you had posted about some of those um, books about communism. So what were those ones kind of about? I'm kind of curious about that because I saw that. I'm kind of interested in giving those ones a read. Um, so I recently started. So I, I'm always reading like four books at a time. <laughs> Same. But, um, yeah. yeah. So I would highly recommend they thought they were free. Um, by Milton Mayer, I think. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Um, and then I just finished um, the Google Archipelago. Um, there's so, so many, there's so many books. I'm really into World War II. And I think it just comes from, I was never taught anything. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's like now I have to learn because I'm a voter. Like, that's a responsibility. You have, you have a duty and you have to be informed and you can't be informed if you don't know the logical extension of the set of ideas that you subscribe to. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. No, I know what so you mean. That's like kind of why I got into that lately. It, it, it's weird. It's, it's kind of a heavy, genre to read yeah. um, I like to go to the park and read and it's not I'm not like you know reading like 50 shades of gray you know it, no, it's, it's like real uh dense dense material stuff, yeah. yeah um yeah. what uh, what other protests have you been involved with um so recently just the reopened North Carolina once that's um, the only one you're allowed to do <laughs> Yeah. Well, technically you can 
yeah, we're, we're allowed to protest. Yeah. Um, but I, so other than that, I, I'm, my whole experience with activism has been with veganism and like vegan mm -hmm. organizations that I belong to. Um, yeah, so that's where I got most of my experience. Fair enough. Yeah. With the crazy vegans. <laughs> <laughs> so don't worry. It's only like the 1% that are crazy. <laughs> but then again, too, that's like everybody. Uh, I think, I think more of them are crazy than uh, just 1%, but you I said it not very me, kind of you. right? But I think that like, that goes to, like to the point of like, say with gun violence, 99% of people are responsible gun owners. It's just the 1% that fuck it all up for everybody. Right. 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 I always say, you know, the majority of guns have never killed anyone and will never shoot a person. Mm. So, No, for uh, sure. For sure. Well, I would hate to take more of your time away. Um, I actually really enjoyed this conversation. It went a lot better than I anticipated. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. No, for sure. I think once, uh, once the um, economy opens back up, we should, uh, do this again and you know maybe get your viewpoint on the current situation down in the states then yeah definitely perfect all right well thank you amanda <laughs> thank you for coming on thanks matt have a good night all right take care